the gang from another Ruffin podcast about sitcoms here to talk about another sitcom. Crazy! Uh, this day, uh, nope, I'm Michelle, and I'm joined by Luke, Dan, Stan, and we're here to talk about Malcolm in the Middle. Are you ready? Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. Life is a in the middle follows a dysfunctional family in an anonymous location. I think it's California, guys. The family is headed by super-stressed supermom Lois and eccentric child at heart Hal. The eldest child, son, rather, Francis, once a wild youth, now lives on a ranch with a well, way to give it away. His <laughs> wife, Piyama. Next in line is dim-witted ne'er-do-well Reese, second youngest emerging genius and evil mind in the middle, in the making, that's where I got confused, Dewey, and baby Jamie. Who the f- Right. Already a troublemaker is the youngest. Smack in the middle is Malcolm, a moody, certified genius who seems to be the only hope his family has. Since his discovery at the age of 11, Malcolm has been his own worst enemy, though he'll tell you that his family is his worst enemy. That's that's a really long one, and there was a smarter, shorter one that we should have read, but we're not going to because that's where we're at. And we watched three episodes. We yep. did. Um, we did. Officially, if anyone watched any uh, other ones, I did. Uh, that is, that I is allowed. I watched the pilot. As I well watched the pilot morning. as well. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, any kind of overall initial thoughts? Um. Uh, so I'm the one who picked this, and uh, I remember loving it. And then I went back, and I still like it a lot. Uh, and but I'm kind of, I was kind of curious with what why I was so crazy about it at the time. And what I think I like, and I think the bowling alley episode that we're going to discuss is, I I think I actually like the cinematic approach they use. Like, um, they do it's a grainy. lot of they do a lot of um. No, I I just mean like the split screening, like they do like the side Sorry. the sliding yes. doors thing. And like in the pilot, there's there's to show Malcolm is ostracized. There's like an overhead crane shot of him sitting with nobody around him. I think that's part of what makes this show so different and enjoyable. Yeah. And that's before you even touch anything else. I think that there's a lot of um, thought and like um, peculiarity around how they shoot it. And and that, and I'm saying that in like a good way. I think peculiarity is the perfect word. I think that I went into this. I remember liking the show when it was on, and but then getting tired of it quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So when the show w- was suggested, my first thought was, "Oh, I don't know if I could handle this." Oh, Luke was uh, very clear about that. I have the texts. They are. I was just they like, are rampant, he drunken, showed his ass rampant, on drunken, and long. <laughs> yep, I was like, Malcolm gets the middle finger. Yep, yep. Um, up his butt. Up his butt. What? Didn't need to go that far. <laughs> Malcolm in the diddle. No. Uh, ew. You wrote um, it. <laughs> he has receipts. Um, but I, having, you know, it's funny actually, and we'll talk about it when we get to the, the, the finale, but like the finale, I, I, I did struggle a little bit because there is a lot of referencing, not a lot of, but you kind of needed to be involved. But then there's a moment 
that turn for me where I was like, oh, this is so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's uh, the the problem that I have with it. I think it's actually a really great show. I think it's very peculiar. I think it does a really um, nice job of uh, the storytelling technique. Um, like you said, with the, the sliding doors, I think in general with, with Malcolm's asides, uh, uh, Frankie Muniz, uh, at least in the pilot, is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, the And Jane Kaczmarek, I think, is very complicated because I think she does a really, really nice job as the mom of balancing the anger and the love and the frustration. But it's the same problem that I have with Everybody Loves Raymond, where after a while I'm like, if you guys don't like each other, please get away from each other. Yeah. Like she, it's so yeah. much yelling. She has like, a very angry baseline. Like it's almost yeah. like she's considering her anger, a personality trait. And it's, yeah. it, it gets to be a lot. I mean, Did I think they're doing it because likable. No, I don't think she's unlikable. <laughs> I, and and no. to Luke's point, she clearly cares. And that's why right. she's yeah. mad. Um, and in, yeah. in, in one of the other episodes we watched the family reunion, like, like you just see how vulnerable she actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think they did that because Hal is such a goofball that they were like, well, we got to like make them polar opposites. And maybe they went a little too extreme. I, I you know, yeah, I mean, I, she was definitely the, the, the domineering parent, you know, and he was definitely the good cop. Um, I assume he gets weirder as the series goes on because in the pilot, he was just kind of a little quirky. And then yeah. by the yeah. bowling episode, I was like, whoa, I've missed something. I almost yeah. wondered if they realized um, Brian Cranston's like genius co- comedy like ability and started to tap into it more because you're right. Although the very first shot of the show in the pilot isn't it her shaving his naked body? Yes. Yeah. So like the mindset was always there. Although you're right, Hal just seems a little bit uh, demure Submissive. in the beginning. I, I, I imagine that he, uh, Brian Cranston, as an actor, they were just kind of like. Hey, would you do this? And he just kept saying yes over and <laughs> yeah. over again. That that's the impression that I get. They were just like, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You want me to be naked? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you want to um, shave my body yeah, naked? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was also, I think, prosthetic hair on him. My One gosh, hope. it was so much hair. One yeah, I, I, I would I, hope so. Yeah. 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 Um No, I, I think it's like what we were talking about with, with Carla on Cheers is that, you know, there's it's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I, it, there's just so much anger and resentment that it gets a little difficult to watch. So funny because as a woman, as a mom, especially now, I related to her a hundred percent. Like I, I just watched that going, oh, there she is. There I am yeah. right there. Oh, I'm being reflected. Yes, I would go to the front door naked. Because I'm so fucking tired and let's just get these kids out of the house for five minutes. Like a hundred. I, Jane and I could be the same person. Dan, do you want to testify to that? Uh, Um, I actually, I think you need to dial it down to reach your level. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You fucking dick. You you actually bring up a really good point, and it's something that, because I happen to watch the pilot and the finale, she delivers a speech in both, which I, I think Luke was was hinting at, and I know Michelle loved the speech. She says it in, in the pilot and in the finale, we are not the type of people that get breaks. We are not the type of people who get ahead. So I yeah. think that's what justifies her anger. I think she, I, I, it, uh, granted, Luke, I, I, I'm 100% on board with you. Her anger is off-putting to me. But I well, think that I, it's justified to what the character viewpoint is. 
Yes, I agree. I agree. And, and I, um, I, I do regret saying that because I don't think that she is a shrill no, woman character. No, I, and maybe I'm, I'm, well, but uh, I, maybe I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a white dude. And sometimes I don't know that, um, what I'm saying, like, like deep down, maybe it is something that I need to work on that, that it's coming across. I mean, I, I feel, you feel how you uh, feel though. Like that's not, no, 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 but, but I am but, crying but, over her because it just feels like <laughs> that feels like America right now. Like, yeah. Jane, yeah. Like I want to scream at everything right now. I don't, yeah. but God, I am so sorry. And you no, know what? Maybe I am PMSing. Sorry. Yeah, you don't need to be sorry, and no. you don't need to justify your 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 emotions. Yeah, and, I, I also have a cold robot heart, so. I, and um, Luke, I I I mean, I, I'm speaking for you, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that either of us are upset that she's angry. It's it just so happens that when she screams every line, it gets yeah. a little tough. No, and I get that. Yeah, too. yeah, it's 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 the same reason why like I can't binge Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, like, no. It's it's you know he is one angry that, white lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but watching that behavior over and over again yeah, is get, tough. Can, it makes me laugh. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it, it is different from everybody loves Raymond, which I think is a horribly sexist show. Yes. Um, because the women are shrill and awful. Uh, I think her frustration, Jane Charismatic's character's frustration, is like you say, based on frustration at the world and, th- and that is told from day one yeah. right she's not it's not without basis which um, mm-hmm. i thought was a really interesting like uh, the creators of the show clearly have that viewpoint or think that but somehow a show got made where somebody was like i want to make a show about how screwed people feel in middle america in middle, well, it, middle america you know it's roseanne like it, it's yeah like, i thought okay. that yeah. it, it, it's yeah. roseanne with it, what is the twist though i mean the kids are all schemers like that's very different Right. But but I I thought the same thing that it is essentially Roseanne. Well, it's the focus on the kids more than the parents. Like I, I don't yeah. feel like mm-hmm. Roseanne had as much focus. No, like, it was later you're right. On. It was Roseanne. It was right. It was what's Roseanne it was, going through? So it would be the Jane. How do you say your last name? Kesmeric. Kesmeric show Lois yeah. show. If it were not Malcolm in the middle, but yeah. it's Malcolm in the middle, yeah. so we get to see every point of view, which is just yeah. I I honestly. I was going into it like you going. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, for people who don't, when I suggested this, I I was met with dead silence. Dead silence. (laughs) All three of you guys were just like, really? (laughs) Well, because I I think what makes, uh, sorry, Dan, I say you're about to say something, but you know, to me, the show is Roseanne. If it was uh, on Nickelodeon during the day and the the quirkiness of the show seems to get a lot. I, I, that's what I remember more about it is that it's right. weird and and peculiar yeah. and very like the Adventures of Pete and Pete kind of. Quirkiness. Oh, I love that show though. There you go. Are we going to um, review it next? Dead, dead silence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I forgot about, and maybe it was the time, and maybe it was just where I was as a person, was like the heart of the show wasn't necessarily. It's in Cleveland. What you looked it up to me? No, it's a, it's a Hot reference Cleveland. to a song. Oh, I oh. blew it. I'm a nerd. I thought you were talking about the show Hot in Cleveland, which we'll be reviewing next. Um, <laughs> sure. No, 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 Pete and Pete. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I do remember the the one moment 
that um and we'll, we'll talk, i'll save it for the moments i guess maybe i don't know but there, there are moments that are, that are really nice like you said in the with that and i think that that got downplayed for like the back shaving and the right the toplessness yeah. and the the just you know um i actually wanted to talk about the the kids as a unit uh i was thinking about this and they're essentially i think i said it like they're four schemers like that's yeah. sort of what they are but they're four schemers of different stripes which is really interesting um the oldest uh boy francis francis he's like the charmer malcolm is clearly the brains like reese is the muscle and dewey plays on the i'm a little kid thing which is really nuanced for one type of like a schemer is a type of character mm. but they broke it out four ways which i just thought was an interesting choice it's also uh, like they're one character too right like yeah. A, like yeah they always operate as a unit like you know yeah. what i yeah. mean um but the thing i always i thought oh even watching it back then i always thought was weird is why is francis like not part of the show really like the, you know because he's always away at military school mm. i just thought that was such a weird break to use well you know if I may, and I'm going to, I am the youngest of six kids. All of my family was out of the house by the time I was four. Mm. So it makes sense to me. As uh, somebody... That does. Yeah. That didn't happen. That my, I'm the youngest of four, but they stayed around a lot longer. I right. And yeah. you, I mean, like my family was much like Jane, get the fuck out of my house as mm -hmm. soon as you're that does, that does make sense. And it also gave him a different environment to play in. Like, he could often have his own B story. I guess that makes sense. It just felt well, really disjointed. Say, yeah, I think functionally, we actually, uh, the three episodes we watched didn't really have the Francis B story. Yeah. Right. But that was always the thing was that he was off doing another thing, which, like, just felt like could give them, if, like, they needed something, they would always be like, let's do a Francis yeah. story or whatever. That was completely, usually had nothing to do with anything that was going on. Yeah. It might thematically tie in, but was always completely separate for the most part. Um all right, I'm going to keep us on task. Good, thank you. Uh, I was just going to quickly say... Um, so 9-11. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. So the Iraq War. Let's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam Malone, no, man. That's Sam. <laughs> what was funny, Stan, when you said that, like, when you mentioned Malcolm in the Middle and they were silent, I, I, I remember loving Malcolm in the Middle when I watched it uh, initially. It's a show that, like, I almost completely forgot about. Mm -hmm. Like, it, yeah. it yeah. for whatever reason, does not seem like it To be it honest, Bri stayed... Brian Cranston, like we said last episode, is probably what kept it in my consciousness. Right. Um, and re-watching this, because I remembered, first of all, I think one of the reasons why it was so big at the time, it was like nothing that was on TV. Yeah. Both yeah. the way it was shot and, and the kind of things that they were doing, like, Brian Cranston is underwear getting shaved. Like, not Lois underwear. answering the door. Naked. Yeah. Right, but Lois answering the door with like no shirt on. It was it was very sort of like just the kind of stuff you didn't see on mm -hmm. TV. It was risque and sort of a cartoony way. Um, but what I didn't remember is I remember all the wacky stuff. It felt like I don't know how intentional this was, but it felt like they were really trojan horsing in the dark stuff, which I did not remember really at all. I remember they were poor, which is mm -hmm. a big premise of the show. But like you said, even these three episodes, like. There's stuff where I'm like, this family's not gonna be okay. No. Like they'll yeah. be, they'll be okay, but it's clear that like they're not gonna come out of this. Like, oh, when you're talking about how they they shot it. Um, so what I did not realize, and I there was really no way of researching this, but I I assume this has to be one of the very few, if the only, um, way that this was done. But that house that they show as the establishing shot, mm -hmm. um, they shot in that house. They rented a house for three thousand dollars a day. 
Whoa. And every every wow. um everything that's shot in the house is in that house physically. Wow. It's that's not a set. Amazing. It's in the house. And I I think it gives it a real, like, real feel. Yeah. Because yeah. they can shoot from they can shoot from any angle because, you know, it's a real house. Um, and it it really feels like it has a logic to the way things are set yes. up. So that backyard, everything, and then everything else they shot was was on location in and around did they have like sliding walls and stuff to get cameras in and out or that's the thing i mean possibly because i one time shot a commercial that was in a house that was specifically made to shoot tv shows and commercials and so it was a real house but they also had like a weird like sliding walls and stuff so it might have been a situation like that but it was like a real actual house and i honestly i don't know it could have just been a house yeah that they shot in i um sorry go ahead oh no and i wasn't gonna say yeah so i mean it like i said i think that gave it a very different feel than everything else and all the crane shots and the like split screens and the talking to the camera and and all that stuff was very unusual at the time i also unusual is that and i still is unusual is how not glossy it was like rock we had roseanne that's right. it and then we have um later a show called hope something about hope um oh raising hope raising hope so i would say those three are the three that have actually shown what i grow grew up with like that yep. kind of poverty is what i i really like watching it made me go get homesick almost like in a weird mm-hmm. way like just tr- struggling to get by um, mom working, you know, full time. So our house was always kind of a mess and just like sometimes as messy as it did get, like it's so fucking real of it's such, it's so Americana that, that, that we don't see because we would rather see friends, you know, like yeah. men, uh, I, yes. Me, no, no, I, I, Cause it's an yeah. escape. Sitcoms are an escape and this is not an escape. It's escapism, but it's not an escape. I, I, I think I, I had a similar childhood experience as well. And I think for me, it was hard to watch because I, um, sometimes want to forget that part of my childhood. Right. Uh, wow. This podcast got deep. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but there's a familiarity to it that I think was uh, there that's not there with like friends or uh, even everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know that I don't. Yeah, really the, there's hate, a, I hate that show. A, yeah, you really do. You know what my next? Oh, it's, you know it's what my awful. next pick is going to be, Luke. Right after Pete and Pete. Uh, um, everybody loves Chris. <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves Pete and Pete. Um, yeah. the, them sitting around in their underwear on a Saturday morning watching cartoons like crammed was, on the couch. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a that's. It's exactly how it feels in a messy the, house. Like, yep, yeah, perfect. At the crack of dawn, yep. watching cartoons and, and feeling like Saturday is the best day of the week, which I still feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, it, they don't, they don't blink at a lot of I think what everyday life looks like. Yep. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to say before we go into the episodes that uh, this show was created by Linwood Boomer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> he was, yeah. Thanks, O'Boomer. Boomer. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, he was, uh, this is based on his life. He was born, I'm reading this from Wikipedia, born into a lower middle class family in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He was the third of four sons. Um, and he was discovered to be a genius. It was enrolled oh, wow. in a gifted program at school. Now, Linwood Boomer, I'm going to assume, I don't want to assume anything. I'm going to assume Michelle is going to be excited by this. 
Uh, he played Adam Kendall on when he was a little older on Little House on the Prairie. Were you a Little House on the Prairie <laughs> yeah. person? Okay. So, uh, everyone out there, Adam Kendall is Dan, the... so was I. Uh, oh, sorry. No, for for well, real, I, I watch that show every day. No, I'm sure. Sure. So fucking um, but yeah, so he he played Adam Kendall, who was Mary's husband. husband. Oh wow, blind. Yeah. Her blind husband. Oh, he's the blind. I remember the blind. Oh no, I remember the one of the wasn't the one of the daughters. Then she go blind. Yeah, the yeah, Mary. Mary, well, went Mary, blind. Mary went blind, and then yeah, died in a met. died in a fire. Why? Why? Why well, would you bring well, that up? The, because it but, happened. But she oh. she was blind, and then when she went to blind school, blind school, she met uh, Adam, or school for the blind. Who she was, met mm-hmm, her uh, husband, who professor? was also blind. I think it was. I think he was a teacher. Oh, he was. I oh, I don't think so, but. It's been Ooh, a while. That's not appropriate. If Betsy's listening, she'll be. Yelling. I mean, it was the 1850s. You know, there's there was a lot. He of was the teacher. He happened. was the teacher, student, and janitor. <laughs> and then he went to Harvard. Uh, who? Uh, Linwood Boomer. I don't know about that. Mr. That, Boomer. That part it was not on. He he went into producing TV shows like Malcolm in the Middle, and um, the first episode we watched. Uh, was called Bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was season two, episode 20. Uh, it was written by Alex Reed, um, directed by Todd Holland. It first aired April 1st, 2001. So did it um, really air? <laughs> and uh, I will mention that it won the Emmy, both for outstanding directing and for writing in a comedy series. That episode did? Oh, actually. That, that That is really awesome and a, a little surprising, uh, only for this reason. I loved it from a directing standpoint. From a writing standpoint, I wasn't... There's not a lot of laugh-out-loud jokes in this one. I think that the most unique aspect is that you're seeing the two different stories. Sliding so I guess, you know what? That that I just answered my own question. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Maybe it isn't their funniest mm-hmm. episode, but it is really well done. Well, it's interesting. What I loved about this episode was that it was never resolved which one was the real deal. Yeah, that was fun. Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had theories going, and I thought they were going, you know, because I didn't buy... <laughs> like, I thought it was a fantasy of Malcolm's um, cause the girl likes him at the, the one where the mm-hmm. dad takes them. Yeah. Uh, for those that didn't see it, basically it's a sliding doors type episode where the boys need to go to a birthday party at a, at a bowling alley and, and simultaneously you see what would happen if Lois takes them and what would happen if, um, Hal, uh, Hal takes them. Um, and, and it, it doesn't do, a- it doesn't do that cop out where the same result would happen anyway. Like it's too no, complete. No, no. no, I'm saying it's in a great way. It's two completely different yeah. stories. Right. Although I did, I did guess how it was going to end up, but um, okay, so of course, Dan. Well, well, I was gonna say because Lois, of course, is totally overbearing um, and drives Malcolm nuts, and he's doing bad at bowling, um, and she's driving all the kids nuts. Hal uh, immediately, because Lois says, like, "What kind of parent would just leave the kids here?" And Hal's, and of course, it cuts to Hal being like, "All right, you kids have fun," and yep. and leaves. Um, and so uh, Malcolm has a terrible time. While Lois is the parent who's there, has a great time uh, when Hal is the parent. Um, but of course, in the end, it turns out that the Lois timeline was the best one because he ended up kissing the girl, mm-hmm. yeah. which he didn't do. Which, if anyone has seen the sh- the the movie Sliding Doors, um, spoiler alert, that's also what happens to Gwyneth Paltrow. That the, the timeline <laughs> that seems great, the, the timeline that seems great ends up being the bad one, and the one that seems terrible, and she ends up oh. coming out ahead. Um, the one but anyway, good. she turns into pepper pots. The one thing I would say is that, um, so first of all, uh, this show overall, I think you're, you're right, Stan. I, the three episodes we watched, I really enjoyed. I don't think I laughed out loud once. And that's 
Not a, yeah. I, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think it's a different well, kind of to go, to, rhythm. To, to go it. back to Luke's, I do think the humor is a little lower. Like, it's a little more family-based Nickelodeon vibe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. certainly not got the cheers, like, cleverness, and definitely not the bite of a 30 Rock. But funny right. funny things happen. Like, Michelle and I laughed out loud a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but... I think mo- 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 a lot of it was like Hal being like such a goofball. Yeah. Co- it wasn't so much that the writing was like really like sharpened to a knife. But that's yeah. the interesting right. thing about a really when a really good actor uh, approaches something that maybe isn't the best writing in the world, and how much they bring it to another level that they possibly wouldn't have done that. It's uh, hey, have you heard that I like this show called New Girl? So there was this uh, <laughs> guy named Winston. Drink, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need a new um, girl button that we can hit every time you say this. Every time. Yeah. Winston comes in. It's similar to um, Brian Cranston. They didn't know what they had when they got him. And um, and then the whole character changed because they realized, holy fuck, we have this guy who can do everything. And so, like, his right. character changed mm-hmm. so many times. Um, I just listened to a podcast with him on it. I'm in love with this show. And I'm really excited about Woke. The end. Done. Cool. No, no, it's great. I, I, well, uh, just to go back to the point about the, the Laugh oh, Out Loud stuff. Point? I, yeah. Well, it should um, at least be in the general ballpark of Malcolm in the Middle, Michelle. But anyway. <laughs> I think that uh, it's tough when you have a show that is so quirky and has a lot of like very broad sight gags mm-hmm. and, and things like that to not be Laugh Out Loud funny. because yeah. it, And I agree that it's not Laugh Out Loud funny either. Um, but, you know, like... And I'll skip ahead just to the the last episode when the stink bomb yeah. thing blows up. It's not laugh out loud funny, but it does move the plot along mm-hmm. very nicely. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's where like it struggled for me as a show, where it's like if you're gonna like slime people, I need to laugh at that. I don't need to go. Oh, I get it. Well, um, well, I mean, I I don't. Again, I don't think they were like. There's no setup punchline kind of lines for the most part so i don't i don't think they were intending that you could like it or not but the other thing i was going to say was that i think this is the the first show we've done sort of we've talked about kind of expanding or or contracting the the definition of what a sitcom is this is the first show um that definitely 100 percent goes on cartoon logic yeah like you know what i mean like things happen that like it you know there's sort of a a an artificiality to the the plotting. Um, I think Thirty Rock was kind of half and half because sometimes they would do stuff that you know whatever. But this is definitely logic. like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like we we and well, we can get into the second episode because like you know th- there's them like destroying the dinner and then like driving into the pool. Like that's right. not that's not reality, right? You know, that's right. Like, well, sort of like to go back Looney Tunes stuff. to go back to the stink bomb. The, they should have all been in the hospital after being like right, ex- oh, yeah. you know, exactly. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, and let's go into the second episode because I think that um, yeah, but it, well, it, I, like like that that the dinner moment should be a, I think it should be funnier, or should feel funnier in a lot right. of ways. It, it felt inevitable, and it was nice seeing that that happened. But it was just kind of like uh, like okay, cool, and, and and I couldn't tell while watching it if it was just that I'm too snobbish to like this joke or if it's not funny do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it, it, it that was a moment and even throughout the whole episode where i started to do the thing where we talked about last time where it was like liking chocolate or vanilla 
And I was like, it's it's pushing all the right buttons. It's hitting, it's checking all the right boxes. I'm just not into this. So maybe I just don't like vanilla. You know what I mean? Like that. That's why I couldn't tell well, if I was. Uh, that's why Stan, I'm gonna Stan, I'm gonna interrupt yeah, go you just to say, just to say, this is episode. Is, yeah. It's called Family Reunion, uh, season four, episode three, uh, directed by Ken Quapis. Uh, <gasps> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Written by Alex Reed, uh, who also wrote Bowling, uh, aired November 17th, 2002, and they go to a family reunion of Hal's family. Uh, Hal's family is very uh, rich, everyone's very successful, um, and everyone is very mean to Lois. So uh, they look they look down on her, and that was something where I was like, wow, because I thought in the end, not to jump to the end, but I thought in the end then the family would come around and there would be like the sitcom moment, and it never happened. No, they no. are horrible to her from start to finish, and yep. that, and I was like, wow, this show's way darker than I remember it being. But anyway, um, and then there's some subplots about uh, Malcolm, uh, oh Dewey trying to get in with the grandfather because he's rich and get the inheritance and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff, and Hal they- trying to have a serious relationship with his dad, and he gets tickled, and it, like that's the com- that's the cartoon stuff that's like right. there's no there's no real relationship going on, and there. it's Christopher Lloyd, and it's Christopher Lloyd yeah. who was also on Cheers, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. That's true. Uh, so uh, this might be my. I don't know if it's my favorite of the three we reviewed, but the to me this feels like peak Malcolm in the middle, like it or don't like it. They're the family on the outside. And one thing I really loved about this episode is, and actually one of my favorite lines in the episode is the family realizes that the mom's been hurt, like that that she actually yeah. has and they mar- they do that thing where they march down the hallway and like they're all going to they they're going to plan revenge and somebody says what are you going to do? And Francis says, "We don't know. We never know." I just like that idea that they start yeah. this without having any idea where it's going <laughs> to yep. go. Um, yeah. But but to me, this shows a little more heart probably than some of the other episodes, although the finale definitely does too. Like yeah. uh, one thing that really bothered me about it, and then and then I'm done talking about it, is um, uh, Lois is always mean to Francis's wife. That's part of like their relationship. And you see her get mean to, and they actually do end on a nice button. Like Lois is nice on the car ride back yeah. uh, to Fran- to Francis's wife. But generally speaking, Lois is just not kind to her. And it's like, that's because Lois learned that, you know, right. Lois is not kind because people have not been kind to Lois. And that just yeah. makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I think Lois is not kind for a number of reasons. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Specifically the, to Francis's whole... wife, I mean, sorry. No, I, I know. Oh, sorry. I know. I'm saying that I, I, I don't know. I didn't watch the episodes where the Francis's wife gets introduced or, or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, Lois's frustration, I think, in this case, in a lot of cases, comes with her kids and, and the choices that they're making. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's a lot of pent up frustration at, at the the wife are coming in and screwing up Francis's life in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that nice moment, and I'm glad they didn't spell it out where she's like, "I'm so sorry, right. I didn't realize." Blah blah blah. I I don't think her frustration was that she thinks she's better than Piyama or uh, angry at her because she is not her family. I think it. I interpret it, and this is probably my putting this on there of like the typical mom. You're not good enough. Yeah, and and also the 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 son. I mean, she's such a controlling mother that Francis yes. was probably deviating from her plan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Piyama was a deviation. Clearly, of Clearly, she has a plan for each of them. Like yes, yes. Um, right. May, okay. Well, I, I, I also what you're took it. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, the the my interpretation was also that, um, and I don't know, could, assuming how old Brian Cranston and Jane Kaczmarek are, and yeah. the fact that they have a son who's in his early twenties. I mean, I think the implication is that they got married when they were very 19. young, yeah. like right, yeah. and had a kid very mm-hmm. young. Yeah. And so I think that she's also afraid that Francis is making the same mistakes. Also, Lois's mother, who who is a big part of the show. Um, and we'll talk about in the finale is also a monster. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. those are the two other things that could be amazing, affecting it. But though, an amazing yeah, monster. Well, well, we'll we'll talk about that in, yes. in a second because it's a lot to talk about. But yeah, I mean, my my one criticism of this show rewatching it was that it's very overstuffed. Um, yes, there's so yes. much happening that like nothing, like like Stan said, nothing really lands. Um, all the emotional moments. I, I mean, the moment with Lois. Where she's nice um, to Francis's wife. What's I her think name? it's like Piana or something like yeah, Piana. 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 Okay. Um, but anyway, I thought that that was nice. But otherwise, like yeah, I mean the Hal and, and his father stuff. There's like two scenes. Yeah. Um, it goes by very fast. And also, you have Christopher Lloyd. You're, yeah. You have like, yeah. you have the great Christopher Lloyd. He barely does anything. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so it's so that strange. Was, that was a really that was my criticism as well of this episode was you have Brian Cranston who can act the shit out of the phone book Mm -hmm. and so number one there wasn't an establishment that he and his father couldn't deal with anything to like 12 15 minutes into the episode or i mean halfway in and then even when he approached it he approached it as a goofball with this weird high-pitched voice and and the code on yeah and brian cranston as you've seen as we've all seen in in breaking bad which i'm assuming we've all seen no that's Um, the next one on the list to review not um, <laughs> can turn on a dime yes. can turn on the serious moment and as Christopher Lloyd can too and I think it, it, it just to have a couple lines of like I can't do this yeah. you know or the the de- Christopher Lloyd saying like no I'm not capable or, or life's too hard or even reference the Civil War where it's like if I think about what the Civil War really was I'd, I'd hate it so I don't I deal with the fun part you know like it did seem to me like they tried to put 12 pounds of shit in a six pound bag. Yeah. And so I, I felt like there was a scene that was cut for time. And then there was another scene that was cut for time that established this and that and the pyjama stuff. So it could have yeah, been a two parter. They should have done it a two parter. Probably. Yeah. But I, I think I agree with you totally, Dan. I think that they just try to cram in too many things. And, and I think that was the intention that the show was supposed to move at a breakneck. Right. Which is fine. But, but I think, yeah, I think at some time, so it did, yeah, it did hurt. And and they have like, they have six main characters right. that each one has to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but I thought, I mean, I thought one, the, the reason why I really liked this episode was there's a moment where Lois doesn't have shoes. And so she asked her mean sister-in-laws to borrow shoes. And they're like, oh yeah, they're, and, and at first they're mean to her, but then they're like, oh yeah, they're, they're in my car here. Here's my keys. Go get the shoes from the car. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the sitcom moment where they come around and they're going to yeah. be nicer or whatever. And then Lois comes back and they're taking the picture and they, they did it to screw her yeah. over. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like yeah. that's crazy. And then they, they come over and they're like, oh, you missed the picture. Like they're totally mean about it. And I was like, wow, they're, they're not doing the sitcom thing of where they're suddenly nice. They're still they really mean. And, and, yeah. and it ends that way. And in the world of reality, no husband in the universe would get that photo taken without his wife being in it. Like Brian Cranston's character, there is right. no way Hal would let them take the photos and wonder where she is. 
Oh. Or at the very least, be like, where? Like, he doesn't see the You don't think he would have said, hey, wait, let's just get Lois. And, like, honestly, Luke, you yeah. know people that would I, let the photo get taken? And also, he was like, I, I, he wanted to get, sorry, he wanted to get gone. He was like, let's leave. Yeah. Like, this is terrible. Let's go. From the get-go, he was like, this is not great for you. I, I, I think that he... Uh, I think I, I just I, love I mean, too much. I, I just love too much. <laughs> no, I, I think that there was a lot of complicated family stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And That's I also true think too. that Hal is not the kind of person that thinks that. Yeah, okay. Doesn't see the forest for the trees. We did just see 40 I, I, coats just, on him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it was like, I believed it. Because especially when he's like, oh, hey, where were you? Like he, his mind is like, four steps away from, okay. from the, the yeah. photo. But so that that's um, where it makes me go, maybe he's just not, be- of course he's not a believable character, but you're right. He's, <laughs> his, you're right. No, it does fit in with his yeah. personality. But I, I do want to see the backstory of why he isn't as successful as the rest of his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. I, I, I'm sure that's in there. And I honestly, I think I might watch this whole sitcom. Well, that, that was, that, that, Two, I was like, I felt like I was missing a big, big chunk yeah. of something, yeah. especially with the relationship with the dad and, and the family. Like, maybe there have been other episodes where they've talked about that or shown that. And moving but on I, to yeah, the Yeah, they next must have one. explained that at some point. Yeah. When we get to the yeah. next one, remind me that I have a, a bone to pick. Let's mm-hmm. go. Um, yeah, well, we can move on to the, the last episode. Um, it was uh, the finale of the, yeah. the whole series. Uh, it was called Graduation uh, Season 7, Episode 22, uh, directed by Linwood Boomer, written by Michael Globerman, or Glaberman, um, uh, aired May 14th, 2006. And I just want to say, before we start talking about it, uh, this is the second uh, episode in a row where one of the episodes we picked has a surprisingly uh, relevant political angle on it. Yes. Uh, I don't know why that that keeps happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but so uh, the the main thrust is that um, Malcolm is going to Harvard. He's graduating high school. He's going to Harvard. He doesn't have enough money uh, to go to Harvard. Um, so they are desperately, family's desperately scrambling to try to get enough money um, to go uh uh, is Reese is the older brother has or the second older brother has a job as a janitor uh, that he loves but he's going to get fired from so he needs to well he's graduating with Malcolm I think that's very funny and well amazing oh is he oh I missed yeah. that yeah I, did, I didn't understand that either but I, oh, like I guess he, he probably keeps, got held he back keeps getting, he's not the bright one right. yeah but I, I didn't, um, were they I didn't twins know or was Reese a year older he was a year old no, Reese was oh older. okay yeah 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 uh, but anyway, he he has to make a thirty day mess mm-hmm. so that he can keep his job. Yeah. Um, and oh, and then there's the the nuclear option. Um, yeah, that didn't since work. The so kids much are for moving me. out. Yeah. No, I I want to talk about that. But uh, but yeah. So so they the worst thing that they ever did, which they hold as the nuclear option that they can't ever uh, go too far because they always have the the nuclear option that they can turn to, um, is revealed, and we can talk about that. And I think that's about it. And then it ends with a, again, not expected uh, speech mm-hmm. uh, from Lois and the family about what they expect from Malcolm. And, uh, and, then, it, and then it ends and, pretty and nicely. And just so. a note that I didn't realize until we were just talking, Malcolm's job at Harvard is he's a janitor. That's how yeah. he's making yeah. extra money. So he's yeah. literally yeah. doing what Reese is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Which is great. Which is great. I, I, it's so fun. So I had to watch this episode like in pieces. Um, just because it was of what, my nice. schedule. three hours long. It was a big finale. I so I was watching the first uh, up until I think 
the the stink bomb. I'm going to call it a stink bomb because I don't. And it's the 30 year that's mess. My, that is what it is. It's a stink yeah. bomb. Yeah. Went off. I, I watched like that and then kind of stopped. And up until that point, I was like, it felt like they were wrapping things up, but I hadn't. It was like what we talked about with Parks and Rec, where like they were wrapping things up, and I felt like I didn't know enough of the characters to really feel invested. Um, and then I turned it on at, at this. Then I turned it back on, and Lois gives that speech, which chef's kiss uh so good yeah, should, I, I, so we should say what it is yeah yeah so. it's so actually she, my favorite moment it's mine too um, but i'll pick a different yeah. moment you you take that i have one more in my because as soon as you said it i was like oh it's gonna be so moment. so just to set it up so malcolm is offered a job a six-figure job and uh lois turns it down for him let's play it how could you screw me over like that because you were gonna take that job and we are not going to let you throw your life away. How is being rich throwing my life away? Because it's not the life you're supposed to have. The life you're supposed to have is you go to Harvard and you earn every fellowship and internship they have. You graduate first in your class and you start working in public service, either district attorney or running some foundation. And then you become governor of a mid-sized state and then you become president. What? Of the United States. Dad. I'm sorry, son. It's true. The thing I loved about this moment was that the rest of the family is yeah, 100% it was always it was always, a, it was always all, expected. They all they all know that this is uh, Malcolm's the only one who doesn't know. Um, but then he says, you know, like basically he's like, "What are you talking about?" And Lois says, like, "We need you to become president because you'll be the president for people like us." Mm-hmm. There and then there. Uh, speaking of very relevant, Malcolm says, "Well, didn't it occur to you that I could have become rich and buy my way into the presidency?" And she says, "Yes, but then you wouldn't have been a good president." Um, you need to suffer yeah. and you need to work your way up to it so that you'll understand people like us when you're at the top. Yeah. Um, and again, I was just like, what, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, it's so crazy yeah. how, how relevant yeah. that moment is. But, um, and, uh, Malcolm accepts that and, uh, and then goes to Harvard and works as a janitor, um, to work his way through. So I wonder where Malcolm is right it now. It was. I was well. So that, that I, oh, sorry to interrupt. I was the only thing I was gonna say was you know, one thing I did like was that it didn't flash forward to him. Yeah, right. Like, being the president, which, getting, che- which, che- which Cheers would have done in Fraser's dream, right? Or or, or no, whatever. I, yeah, it was. I, I I that's what I was expecting, and I was happy it didn't yeah. happen. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, Luke, go ahead. I was actually I disagree. I was hoping for a just either a we see it kind of thing to show that Lois was right, or a it didn't quite happen the way she expected. And this is something else that happened. Um, it actually just rang to me. It, it felt abrupt. The ending, I, mm. I expected more of a, this is what happened. Especially when they do the three months later. And I think maybe it's because we've been watching other shows that do like kind of the expansive sort of thing. It, it, it did feel like a moment where Fox was like, yeah, we're not going to give you the money for that. <laughs> you, you just end it. Mm. You know, like you build a Harvard set, you can go to the Gilmore Girls set <laughs> and use that for a little while, then and we'll be done. Um, but yeah, that 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 speech was really nice. It was like a better, much better version of the Ben Affleck speech in Goodwill right. Hunting, um, when he's like, "You got the winning lottery yeah. ticket, fuckhead, get off your ass." Oh, no, I'm <laughs> um, get I, uh, uh How would Robin Williams sound saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Get off your ass! Yes. Um. Yeah, it was that that moment. That speech was to me like 
oh, that's yeah. what the show yeah. is. Yeah, and you see everybody's willing to do what it takes. In fact, it, the, which will go to my favorite clip, but like the way that they show the family is throwing every asset they have to make sure he can go to Harvard. Like all yeah. of their money is, and, and more than that, they still need money. It's right. all, be- they're all betting it on Malcolm. Is it, Stan, is your clip the, uh, the loan yes. shark? Uh, so then good. I'll, then I'll yes. save it. So fucking good. Yeah, I do love that joke that they had where like, oh no, they took my grant away. They're going to use the money yeah. to just take it to a study of what happens when kids who are poor don't have enough money. And their face, them <laughs> and, looking at each other. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to get 50 bucks for it. Yeah. And kudos to them because the pilot does start with learning Malcolm is a genius. Nice. Like, yeah. you know, every pilot needs its little starting point. Um, but I did want to, because we didn't talk at all about Malcolm's friend who was in the wheelchair. I just oh, wanted I want to, to talk, about, talk about that for one quick second. They, first of all, they refer to him a cripple in the finale. Like, I'm just like, is and that's that 2006. Right? Yeah, yeah. That seems a little. And I, and as a matter of fact, I think it's his dad who uses the term. It in is the his finale. Father. I was like, mm. I, I assumed it was the nomenclature of the time that people were kind of acceptable with. I mean, there there was a time when there were other words to describe people that, uh, that mm. I, mentally challenged. Well, I mean, in, in any sort of minority or things, there there are words and, right. and phrases that seem acceptable at the time. We evolved. Yes, yes. Two thousand six yeah. seems well, a little late for that. That it does seem late. Although there is a, I, as much as I love this episode, there is a very unfortunate game. There's many. There is a that, very unfortunate. Game. But it just oh, gosh, it just keeps yeah. going, and I was like, oh please, stop. I, I think there like, are a, a few. Out. I mean, like yeah, he does say this is gay, and dolphins are gay, and and whatever, and and then right, the well, cake he, thing yeah. that happened. I don't, I, I don't know what the race. Mm-hmm. Oh, at the very end, he like Reese makes him a cake, and it feels like they're a couple. But it, I don't know what mm. that whole relationship was. I don't. I don't. You do listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean. Again, that just feels like a 2006 where it was like mm-hmm. there was a time where it was like you made gay jokes Constantly. and then you made and then you made ironic gay jokes and then we were like we should ironic gay jokes are still right, gay right. jokes. Like, yeah, yeah. That all together. Yeah. And that, it felt like that we were in that window of like, isn't it funny? Because we're making this joke. We know this joke is bad, but yeah. we're making it anyway. And we're going to double down like, on how bad it yeah. is. Yeah. No, no, it wink, was not. Wink. It was not yeah. good. It was not good. But um, yeah. Oh, and uh, speaking, and then the other through line of this is that the nuclear option is that they convinced Lois that she had cancer. Yeah. Um, which uh, the more I thought about, it, I was like, wait, did it? How'd they, they get the doctor this... involved? Yeah. yeah, did they get this to a doctor? Yeah, like, what? I don't from? understand where the x-ray come from. That's the part I didn't understand. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I was, but then I was in like, wigs yeah, all right. at the end, on that. Th- when they were going back in time, uh, their wigs were so stupid and wonderful. It, like, it's so fucking stupid. That was, that was an unfortunate uh, thing of breaking up the episode, the viewing of the episode into pieces, where I had enough time to go, like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Because <laughs> even like like Francis is like, I played cards with her in the hospital. I'm like, did she receive chemotherapy? <laughs> right. and they exactly. Double check. Like it was like a ju- it was like a right. juice box going into her. But who but yeah. it, I mean, like, you would have to 
Right. They, I think we're all saying they have no ability to convince her of this. But they, they don't, but they don't right. down on that. Like, like it's one and they're thing. they're not even 13. They're like six, yeah. eight, and 10. But also, like, if you fake an x-ray, sure. <laughs> okay. But surely the doctor is going to be like, this is a fake yeah. x-ray. I'm a medical professional. Like, I know, like, what this. I don't, it make it's not an x-ray. They acted like someone handed, they handed her an x-ray. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, I have cancer. Like, what? That Where did you guys sense. get my x-ray? <laughs> How are they even fake an X-ray? And they're so young. They're so. I mean, that's the cartoon logic yeah. part of it, but still, it didn't make uh, it. No, but they doubled down on it, and the more you think about it, yeah, I was like, uh oh, uh oh, oh. I did like that it ended with that Dewey had not destroyed it because he didn't want to. It was what connected his him. His memory. And, oh, it's really sweet. Which was, uh, which was nice. I want to talk about real quick the back mm-hmm. to the um his friend in the wheelchair, his um his inability. He did not from, again, I only saw the pilot and the finale and those two in between, but he, in the pilot, he has this breathing problem. Yes. And at the end, he has the same breathing problem. And I'm like, did, did he develop at all? Like, is that, it was a, I, I understood the acting choice in the beginning, yep. but after years of having this, there's going to be better medical like he doesn't well, le- seem like a and, poor kid well, and also diseases like that advance like he would it, actually be in a, a long like if, have, if he ha- if he can't solve it yeah. it gets worse which is really yeah the one it, that goes to a bigger thing that i found upsetting with the show was the quirks w- that they had as children like all of them like dewey with a deeper register acting like dewey was very unsettling for me mm-hmm. and, yeah. and hearing mm-hmm. that kid you know watching him in the pilot and watching him later it's like a grown man yeah. doing an impression it's it's basically it's like sink. yeah it would be, it's urkel yeah, i was literally gonna say like it would be like urkel would be like did i do that and you're like <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. if you're well, you I, I, the- that's like the modern family thing like you yeah, know like same exactly. story yeah. except it is yes. worse in yeah Malcolm yeah and so they they did and and the middle is it the middle is there? A- there is Malcolm a show called the, the middle. middle. Yes, that. that oh, you're talking about that- the show the middle. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, the middle. They have that same kid who grows up and is still the same kid, and you're like, you were horrifying as a child. Yep. As a grown up, you're. I don't. Yeah. Are you a monster? Yeah. Is this a Stephen King show? <laughs> um. So I think we're wrapping yeah. up. Uh, let's talk about clips. Uh, Michelle, did you want to start? Uh, I love, um, I wanted to go with funny, but I didn't. So let's listen to Jane, uh, with her last name that you can say, Luke. Kesmeric. Kesmeric, uh, acting the fuck out of this scene. You know what it's like to be poor and you know what it's like to work hard. Now you're going to learn what it's like to sweep floors and bust your ass and accomplish twice as much as all the kids around you. And it won't mean anything because they will still look down on you. And you will want so much for them to like you, and they just won't. And it'll break your heart. And that'll make your heart bigger and open your eyes. And finally, you will realize that there's more to life than proving you're the smartest person in the world. I'm sorry, Malcolm, but you don't get the easy path. You don't get to just have fun and be rich and live the life of luxury. That's Dewey. Really? This is unbelievable. You actually expect me to be president. No, no, I'm sorry. You expect me to be one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States. You look me in the eye and you tell me you can't do it. Oh my God, oh. so good. I'm not going to cry I again. Just, yeah. I, <laughs> I've cried three, four times already. Oh, I, uh, I, 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 can I go my clip now? 
Is that all right? Yeah, do it. Do it. Yes, Just please. Really quick. So my clip actually is one I remember um, from from watching the show live, and it's where Hal tells Lois that he loves her more than she ever will, and it's Ooh. basically like her him saying like, "It's physically impossible for anybody to love." me as much as i love you like it i i need to do this you, you you don't love me as much because you're a better person and i am so dependent upon you and it was just such a real nice sweet moment uh that i liked it i remember that one are you still obsessing about that i want a straight answer out of you lois i swear from the moment i laid eyes on you you were the only woman in the world for me so you mean to tell me that unlike any other man alive, you don't even have a glancing interest for other women? You and you alone stand outside the dictates of millions of years of evolution. Why is that so hard for you to believe? Because I look at other men! Not seriously, and I would never do anything about it, but God, hell! I notice! And if you don't, it means that... It means that you love me more than I love you. Well, honey, that's always been true. Of course I love you more. And you're okay with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. If you loved me as much as I love you, we'd never leave the bedroom. Nothing would get done. We'd die of starvation. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Not as much as I love you. Oh. I, lo I love how. Um... Mine was also a Hal moment, and it, it's from the finale, and it's speaking of how they were trying to get money anyway. He goes to a loan shark, and um, it's the it's the the way he tries to wheel and deal with it's the so loan shark, funny. Yeah. and what what the end result is, like how he does. And this to me is just an example of Brian Cranston taking something and making a meal out of it. Yeah, there's no way I can get the money to pay you, but. Instead of making you go through that whole stupid charade where you keep calling me and I keep making lame excuses until you hunt me down, I am willing to go straight to the leg breaking. Really? Yes. Whenever you say, I just show up and you start snapping bones. Arms, legs, whatever. Invite anyone you want. I promise I will scream and cry and beg for mercy and make it so loud and so horrible that no one who sees it will ever miss another payment again. Now, you can't buy that kind of publicity. Couldn't I just not give you the money and still break your arms and legs? Wouldn't that accomplish the same thing? True, but then I think your point starts to get muddled. Maybe we should sleep on it. I laughed particularly out loud because at that moment because I was just like, oh my god, the Breaking Bad foreshadowing here is amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, so amazing. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I just pictured him doing uh, that as Walter White or like vice versa. Mm -hmm. Hal, yeah. you know, was like, I'm going to be on the other side of the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give it a Michelle. nine. All right. On the ball. Luke. Uh, I'm going to go eight and a half. Okay, and Stan. I got to say, I'm shocked. I might be the lowest one. Um, really? I'm going to go eight and a half for the uh, creativity aspect of it. But but, yeah. but just just in terms of like, I think I have problems with the some of the emotional aspects and the, and the jokes are, we've reviewed much better joked shows than this. All right. Uh, it comes out with a 26. 
And that's between Friends and Parks and Rec. Right. I cannot well, believe I... Parks and Rec so, is below Malcolm so in the middle. I'm, I'm sorry, Luke. <laughs> I mean, it's just barely below. It's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> You're going to get a t-shirt of that for your birthday. For the next episode, this little house cleaning uh, for us. This may not be in the episode, but um, the, after this episode, the next episode would be the last one before or whatever. It would be the 26th mm-hmm. or right before okay. Halloween. So if we want to do a Halloween special, I think we should. All right, so we're, so we're yeah. all gonna pick. Uh, each one to pick our favorite Halloween episode. Dad, I'd like you to of pick a one. sitcom. Yes, um, okay. and we'll and we'll talk about because that that is a big thing with sitcoms that they have uh, episodes That's around great. times of the year. Thank you, people of the internet and the podcast world, for listening to another effing podcast about sitcoms. Uh, it was Dan, Stan, Luke. Michelle, we want you to rate, subscribe, listen, tell your friends, eat more cheese. Don't do that. Why? Cheese is great. Cheese is great. Eats hormone-free cheese. Oh, okay. You know, the HGH they put in the cows is not good for you. You get too much estrogen. and it's. Well, we just lost the sponsorship opportunity with the American Cheese Council, so thanks for that. But we can- Luke, uh, we're all going to be millionaires. (laughs) We were so close. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 This has been another effing podcast about sitcoms. The music for our theme song is by Ryan Satoy, and the lyrics and vocals are by our own Michelle Likowski. Our logo was created by Luke Ward. Follow us on Instagram, and if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. Another effing podcast about sitcoms will return in this time slot next week. <laughs>